native bees a selection from bee basics an introduction to our native bees by beatrice moisette and stephen buchman and published by the united states department of agriculture forest service this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. There are 4,000 species of native bees in the United States. The members of the five most common families, Apidae, Helictidae, Andrenidae, Megachilidae, and Colettidae, can be found throughout the North American continent, from Canada and Alaska to warm and sunny Florida and Mexico, from forests to deserts, from remote wildernesses to gardens and backyards even the national mall in the heart of our nation's capital sports a native bee fauna perhaps the only places where bees are absent are the high mountains there is even a hardy little bee the arctic bumblebee which lives within the arctic circle the young queen begins raising her first brood while there is still frost on the ground sometimes she spends hours vibrating her flight muscles while pressed against her brood cells covering and providing heat for her young she even has a brood patch a bare spot on her abdomen to transfer heat to her babies just like many birds do this physical activity and the heat it produces warm the waxen brood cells speeding the development of the larvae bumblebees and a few other insects are like warm-blooded animals they can be powerhouses producing energy by rapidly flexing their flight muscles this intense effort requires a lot of fuel so they depend upon the early flowering willows and maples to provide plentiful amounts of nectar finally after spending long hours taking care of her initial brood the busy young queen has to leave the nest in search of supplies for the family apidae honey-bees bumble-bees carpenter-bees squash-bees southeastern blueberry-bees and cuckoo-bees the family apidae is the largest bee family and includes a wide variety of native bee species and also the non-native honey-bee in fact the name of the family comes from the latin name for the honey-bee apis it includes all the bumble-bees carpenter-bees and some species of cuckoo-bees stingless bees and orchid-bees that are found in the tropics also belong to this family bumble-bees there are about fifty species of north american bumble-bees many people are familiar with bumble-bees they are large furry and mostly black with stripes of yellow white or even bright orange bumble-bees have some things in common with honey-bees they are more sociable than most other native bees forming colonies with one queen and many workers however bumble-bee colonies are never as big or as long-lived as those of honey-bees bumble-bees are ground nesters with most making their nests in an underground cavity or in rare cases above ground partly covered by thatch 
the cavities they need for their nests are larger than those of solitary bees so the first thing that a young queen does in the spring is to find an abandoned mouse nest or a similar burrow then she starts preparing it for her brood she builds a few wax pots that she fills up with pollen and honey and a larger cell for her brood once provisioned the queen lays her eggs laying no more than half a dozen at first these eldest offspring are all sterile female workers once this brood is fully grown the queen rarely leaves the nest again and spends all her time laying more eggs while the workers take care of all the activities in and out of the nest the colony grows rapidly and it can reach a population of a few hundred workers the workers are usually smaller than the queen it is after her first brood emerges that you will seldom observe large bumblebees foraging near the end of the summer the queen lays male eggs in addition to female ones the females emerging at this time become queens not sterile workers and they soon mate with the males after emerging from the nest all workers male bumblebees and the old queen die at the end of summer the only survivors are the new queens which have already mated they find a secluded hideaway to spend the winter and go to sleep then as winter gives way to spring and the willows begin to flower the queens emerge and each will found a new colony bumblebees and honeybees both have pollen baskets called corbiculae on their hind legs they are more specialized than the pollen baskets of other bees which are called scopae in honeybees and bumblebees the tibial segment of the hind leg is flattened with rows of long strong hairs along the edges the shape of these baskets allows them to pack pollen mixed with some nectar and saliva into a tight mass called a corbicular pellet rather than the loose mass of pollen grains clinging to the hairs of the scopae of other bee species a few species of bumblebee have become cuckoos laying their eggs in the nest of other bumblebees they have no need for workers or for pollen baskets bumblebees are so effective at pollinating tomatoes that their buzz pollination services are put to good use in large greenhouses that grow tomatoes year round all that is needed is a queen a box for the nest and a supply of sugar water because tomatoes produce abundant pollen but no nectar the bumblebees are free to come and go but remain inside the greenhouse most of the time bumblebees and their pollination services are a key component in agriculture they are important pollinators of some clovers a forage crop for cattle carpenter bees carpenter bees are typically large and black you may have trouble telling them apart from bumblebees except for one very distinctive feature bumblebees are fuzzy all over while the upper abdomen of carpenter bees is almost hairless appearing glossy early in the spring males prospect for promising courtship and mating sites not because they plan to set up housekeeping 
but because they know that such places will attract females they patrol the territory zealously chasing away other males that venture too close in fact sometimes they chase away almost anything that moves including surprised human gardeners fortunately they cannot sting only females have stingers so there is nothing to fear and you can let them be females have powerful mandibles and use them to excavate wide tunnel systems in which they build their nests hence their common name of carpenter bee carpenter bees are not always well-behaved pollinators occasionally when a flower has a long throat that places the nectar out of reach of its tongue the carpenter bee uses her sharp mouth parts to cut a slit at the base of the flower where the nectar is stored she then drinks the nectar without coming near the pollen dispensing anthers or stigma of the flower thus carpenter bees can be nectar robbers that cheat the flower instead of doing it a service in return for its nectar bumblebees are also capable of floral larceny look at the trumpet honeysuckles horse mints or abelias in your garden you may find the tell-tale signs of these attacks flowers with their throats slit by thirsty carpenter bees small carpenter bees in the genus serotina are related to the larger carpenter bees although you would never mistake them because of the size difference they nest in pithy stems such as blackberry brambles or roses rather than digging their own squash bees squash bees pepinopsis and xenoglossa pollinate flowers of squash pumpkins melons and other cucurbits pepinapsis squash bees are dependent only on the pollen cucurbits squash bees are about the same size and brownish coloration of honey bees you can easily tell them apart by their behaviors when they are near flowers of these crops squash bees are fine-tuned to the daily rhythms of cucurbit flowers they begin their work shift at or before dawn when the flowers of these valuable crop plants are opening they show no hesitation when approaching a squash flower plunging right in gathering pollen and or nectar and quickly leaving honey-bees on the other hand arrive later in the day once the flowers are past their prime they also take extra time hovering over flowers and visiting them with a slower foraging tempo even with honey-bee hives nearby it is estimated that squash bees do many times more pollination per flower per unit time than honey-bees cucurbit crop growers are very aware of their value as pollinators these bees often nest underground beneath the very plants they will pollinate if you are one of those who pick up your own pumpkin to make a jack-o'-lantern you will be walking over nests full of developing young squash bees southeastern blueberry bees the southeastern blueberry bee Capropoda laboriosa gets its common name from the fact that 
it forages primarily on blueberries vaccinium species its native range is the southeastern united states southeastern blueberry bees are only active for a few weeks each year it just so happens that their active season coincides with when blueberries are in flower compared to honeybees blueberry bees are faster and more efficient pollinators of blueberry flowers the reason for this is that the anthers of the blueberry flower are tubular with an opening pore only at one end the southeastern blueberry bee attaches herself to the blueberry flower and vibrates her flight muscles very rapidly like shaking a salt shaker pollen comes out of the opening of the anther and is collected by the southeastern blueberry bee when she moves on to the next blueberry flower her buzz pollination not only shakes out the pollen but causes pollen clinging to her body to attach to the stigma and pollinates the flower what is buzz pollination or as pollination ecologists call it sonication buzz pollination is the process where a bee attaches itself to a flower and rapidly vibrates its flight muscles this rapid movement causes the entire flower to vibrate and loosens the pollen so as to flow out the openings in the anthers bumblebees use buzz pollination when pollinating tomato flowers other flowering plants that require buzz pollination include cranberries and blueberries eggplants and other plant species in the family solanaceae honeybees do not buzz pollinate flowers cuckoo bees one large group within the apidae family the nomadinae is made up exclusively of parasitic bees the cuckoo bees nomada bees are usually red or yellow sometimes with whitish markings they have lost all the adaptations that serve to carry pollen as they don't need to provision their young they are nearly hairless and are wasp-like in general appearance many cuckoo bees parasitize the nests of bees in the family andrenidae they are often seen in early spring flying low over bare ground searching for the nests of potential hosts once a cuckoo bee locates a nest she waits nearby ready to sneak in and lay an egg while the busy female and rightful owner of the nest leaves in search of food in some species of cuckoo bees the female kills the larva as part of the process of parasitizing the nest the egg of the cuckoo bee develops rapidly and grows into a larva that kills and eats the resident host larva in addition to the pollen and nectar food reserves inside the host cell megachilidae this family contains mason bees and leaf cutter bees the females use leaves and or mud in their nest construction most of these bees nest in holes either in wood or hollow twigs but there are also a few that nest in the ground there are a few species within this family that are not native to the united states but that have been introduced either intentionally or unintentionally 
in this country an interesting characteristic of the bees of this family is that they don't carry the pollen on their back legs but on the underside of their abdomens if you happen to see a bee about the size of a honey-bee with a yellow belly dusted with pollen you can be sure that it is a megachilid bee although sometimes the color of the pollen it is carrying may be white however some megachilid bees carry such large yellow orange loads of pollen that they look like flying cheetos snacks coming in for a landing at their nests the blue orchard bee osmia lignaria of the western united states is being managed for the pollination of fruit trees especially sweet cherries and almonds farmers are providing drilled boards as nesting sites already it is proving to be an excellent replacement for the beleaguered honey-bee on a local though not national level much remains to be learned about convenient rearing and use of this beautiful blue bee helictidae sweat bees some of the most beautiful bees belong to this family with their shiny metallic colored bodies these bees will capture your heart many are metallic green but others have shades of color from blue to copper or gold and sometimes even black most nest in the ground some are solitary while others share the entrance to their nests in most cases that is all they share and are not truly social however a few sweat bee species go a step further and show some division of labor in guarding the entrance to their homes and rearing their young usually they are sisters that originated from the same nest some species of sweat bees can be considered truly social with a division of labor in which the mother and founder of the colony lays eggs while the daughters do all the other work some unusually attractive helictids green yellow and black striped agapostemon species are found throughout north america one of the prettiest helictid bees is agochilora pura the name means the pure magnificent green bee found in the eastern united states it has the peculiar habit of building her nest under the bark of a rotted log she takes advantage of the loose half-rotted material to make the housing adding her own saliva and secretions to build an envelope for her eggs and accumulated pollen she kneads the pollen into a number of little loaves shaped like tiles which she then plasters on the inner wall of the brood chamber and then lays an egg before sealing the cell completely this precaution is necessary due to foraging ants and other predators that abound under loose bark one interesting and commercially valuable helictid bee is the alkali bee nomia melandri of the western united states as its name suggests the alkali bee prefers to build its nest in alkaline soils it often lives in dense aggregations up to tens or hundreds of thousands of individuals however it is not social since each female constructs her own burrows and tends to her own brood but lives compatibly with and in close proximity to other alkali bees 
the alkali bee is a very good pollinator of alfalfa and some growers take advantage of its nesting habits to manage this species to a limited extent they supply the appropriate terrain for the alkali bees needs near alfalfa crops the farmers even go so far as creating it artificially by using a tarp covering it with clay and watering it as needed to create nesting beds once established these alkali bee beds can remain active for decades there are also some cuckoo bee species in this family and just like the other cuckoo bees they are almost hairless and somewhat wasp-like some have a bright red abdomen andrenidae minor bees the adrenid bees are all ground nesters and thus the common name minor bees they are mostly dark black or reddish but they can be metallic blue yellow or red and yellow they are often shy medium to large sized bees they can be distinguished from other bees by the velvety patches foveae on their faces between the eyes and the base of the antennae though these patches are often visible only under a microscope many are active only in the early spring the next generation remains underground developing through the summer fall and winter only to emerge the next spring when their favorite flowers are in bloom what would eastern forests be without azaleas their flowers are one of our native flowering plants that honeybees cannot pollinate they don't release their pollen like most flowers but hold it inside the anthers waiting for a skillful bee that knows how to shake it just like a salt shaker further the pollen clumps are tied together with sticky threads bumblebees and a number of solitary bees are good at pollinating azalea flowers the cornell azalea bee andrina cornelli is one of them a dark colored slender bee that is found in the eastern united states it is never too far from azaleas because their pollen is its favorite food her pollen baskets have long widely spaced hairs that are especially adapted to the texture and size of these flowers pollen clumps andrenids are among the earliest bees to emerge in the spring you will observe them visiting willows maples violets and other early blooming spring wildflowers some adrenid bees are very good pollinators of apple blossoms colletidae this is a small family of solitary bees which is considered more primitive than other families of bees some of them such as the yellow masked bees hyleus do not have baskets in which to carry pollen instead these bees carry pollen inside their crops they are not as hairy as other bees and can easily be mistaken for wasps they all nest in pithy stems sometimes they form large aggregations of closely spaced nests they use a cellophane like material exuded from glands to line the brood cells where they lay their eggs so sometimes they are called cellophane bees bee mimics last but not least there are superb impersonators of bees 
the flower flies or surfids don't be fooled by them despite their appearance they are not bees but flies they are frequent flower visitors and they don't have a stinger like most bees they masquerade as bees to fool hungry birds often they succeed in fooling the inexperienced observer of bees as well bee flies another family of bee mimics are parasites of many bee species all flies have only one pair of wings as compared to the two pair of wings possessed by bees this is a significant difference between flies and bees but it is nearly impossible to notice when they are flying about part of the reason for this difficulty is that bees wings have tiny hooks that lock the front and hind wings together making them appear as just one on each side there are several other differences that would be more helpful to the observer of these flower visitors bee flies and surfed flies have huge eyes very short antennae and skinny legs when compared to bees end of native bees a selection from bee basics an introduction to our native bees by beatrice moisette and stephen bushman and published by the united states department of agriculture forest service read for librivox by sue anderson